Hey, this is John Nettles, and this is Episode 3 of Revelation's Roots, the podcast where we dive into the scripture behind the scripture of Revelation. Today's topic is the seven blessed statements. Today's topic are the seven blessed statements that Jesus gives in Revelation. So I have a question for you. I guess it's an obvious yes answer question, rhetorical question. Would you like to be blessed by Jesus? I think all of us would say yes. Now, we might take some of that back when you hear what's involved with getting these blessings, uh, number two especially. Uh, But yes, we'd all like to be blessed by Jesus. And he tells us how we can be blessed. In, Revel- in the book of Revelation. And it's similar to the book of uh, Matthew in chapter 5 when he gives the Beatitudes and he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are, uh, and he gives several blessings there. We're going to have a similar list here, that, although they're not exactly alike, but they you will see that there, there are some ways that they're similar. Uh, but I think even if they're phrased differently, than in uh, other times when blessings are mentioned, that the principles are the same and that these are the things that are important to God, important to Jesus. So I think if we study, when he says, blessed are you or blessed is, uh, that's the time when we, our ears should perk up and we should listen. And so we're going to go through seven of these. And, you know, we hear a lot of sevens, uh, in the Bible. There's other numbers that are important too. We're going to have another uh, podcast about just what what numbers mean. And, and numbers mean something. They're supposed to signify something. And, and the number seven is often a number that's used for completeness. So in a way, Jesus is saying, hey, if you do these, if you if you do these things that are important to me, you're going to be completely blessed. So let's take a little time here and go through what each of the blessings are. And so they, they occur seven different times, which again, it's not an accident, it's not random, it's on purpose. The first time is in uh, chapter one, verse three. We don't get another one until chapter 14, verse 13. Then we get uh, chapter 16, verse 15, chapter 19, verse nine, chapter 24 through six. And then in chapter 22, we get two pretty close together. Chapter 22, six through seven, and then chapter 22, verse 14. And that kind of closes out the book. It closes out basically the whole Bible at that point, if you think about it. So without further ado, the first one is to read read God's word and obey it. And Revelation chapter one, verse three says, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take heart what is written in it because the time is near. Now here's, here's a a spoiler alert in the next episode. We're going to talk about what the time is near means. So stay tuned to episode four. if You're interested in that, but he says, blessed are those who read aloud the words of this prophecy. And you know, in ancient times, uh, the, they would get up and read the word of God. It was on a scroll. They'd, they'd read aloud the, 
you know, the books of, uh, like Isaiah or whatever in a synagogue and, uh, everybody would listen as one person read it. And so that could be what it's talking about here. But I mean, I kind of like look at it like it might be a really good idea to just in our own walk with God to, to try it. Just if it says you'll be blessed, if you read aloud the words of God, maybe, maybe you would be blessed if you, if you just try it, maybe there's some, some added intimacy we might have with God. If we, uh, if we read the word aloud, but I think it also says that blessed are those who take it to heart. So in James chapter one, verse 22, he says, it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. And in Luke chapter 11, verse 28, it says, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And, and similar to this is one of the, we talked about Matthew chapter five with the Beatitudes. Verse six is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. So let's, let's get into the word. Let's read the word of God. Let's try reading it aloud. See if that helps you. And, uh, let's do what it says. Okay. That's, that's number one. Number two, this one's tough. Fight to the death. Chapter 14, verse 13 says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, for they rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. So we're told throughout Scripture, following Christ comes with a, at a cost, and that the prize is worth that cost. But there is a cost. And... You know, Jesus did say to pick up your cross and follow him. Uh, and and some of these people that they're writing to directly here uh, in the first century, I think he's also writing to us. Uh, but in the first century, they were experiencing a lot of uh, what they called tribulation. It means they're going through some really hard stuff with a lot of persecution from the Roman uh, emperor himself. And, and, th- and this is not to say this doesn't happen in modern times, by the way. Uh, there are going to be times we're persecuted for our beliefs here in America. There are, there are places around the world right now. And I could think of like Nigeria, Syria, Afghanistan, where you could literally pay with your life for following Jesus. So blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Uh, now, how does this match up with Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26, where it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And I think those are all, I think those are, uh, you know, sometimes we are blessed immediately. And, you know, I think they were those there are times we are praying for physical peace, physical blessings right now, and that's that can happen. But we are also told that there's going to be suffering. So how do you square this? Well, I would say, and this is just my opinion, that when Jesus is talking here, he's talking from an eternal viewpoint, and that he will keep those who are who patiently endure suffering, uh, he'll keep them as their shepherd, as their eternal shepherd. 
and he will show them his face, face to face, uh, when we stand before him, and he'll give us peace for all eternity. So sometimes our blessings happen right away, uh, like, uh, you know, Jacob got a blessing uh, right then, and sometimes our, our blessings are eternal. And you'll see this again come up in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, where it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Comforted, And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through 11, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, whether our blessing comes today, sometimes we can be blessed by something today. Sometimes we might, it might be an eternity that we'll be blessed, but we will be blessed. There will be a cost for following Jesus. There, the, it will be worth it, and it'll be worth it at the time that Jesus thinks is the right time, and his timing is always perfect. So let's just trust in that. And patiently endure things when it comes up. Sometimes we have to just stay with it and fight to the death. Number three, stay ready. Chapter 16, verse 15 says, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go uh, naked and go about naked and be seen exposed. So there's a lot of verses that we'll we can we'll dive into here in the New Testament where Christians are urged to stay vigilant and and to keep the faith, um, to stay with it, stay ready. Again, to Matthew chapter five: Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Then Matthew chapter twenty-four says, uh, for verses forty-two through forty-four. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. Therefore, you you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Going forward in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 says, For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Then working up to Revelation chapter 3, verse 3, remember then what you received and heard, keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know what hour I will come against you. And then moving up to chapter 3, verse 11, I am coming soon. Hold fast to what you have so that no one may seize your crown. So Jesus is telling the church to stay ready, to realize that we don't know the day or the hour that he's coming back, but he is coming back and we need to be ready. So stay ready is number three. Number four is we're here for the party. That may sound uh, unchristian, but it's it's really not. We We can throw a party too. Actually, we're not the one throwing the party. Jesus is, but, but we need to be there. All right. So that is, Moving up to uh, Revelation 19, verses 6 through 9. 
Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the, the true words of God. So we want to be here for that party, for the, for the wedding uh, of the, uh, the Lamb and his church, the, the, the marriage supper of the Lamb, where the church is the bride, Jesus is the groom, and he, there's a big party when the groom comes to get the bride, and uh, we want to be there for that. We hear more about that in John chapter 3, verse 29. It says, the one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. And then in uh, moving up to Revelation chapter 21, see that there is a new heaven and a new earth. And for the first time, for, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven of God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a voice, loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. This is just an awesome, awesome group of verses about what's, what it's going to be like to be in heaven with Jesus, with God, with seeing all the wonders of heaven. And this is a party we don't want to miss. So we are here for the party. Blessing number five, you only die once. This is taken from uh, chapter 20, verses 4 through 6. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also, I saw the souls of those, of, of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received the, its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. For they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. So, this is the point where you're probably expecting me to kind of go Da Vinci Code and to start talking about exactly what the thousand year reign is and when it's going to happen and what's the trigger event that's going to set it off. And we're watching the news to see which, which of these is going to be setting all that off. And, and I, I'm really not doing that right now. I'm going to admit that I don't know what to do with this passage. Okay. Premillennialists 
post-millennialists and amillennialists all view the first resurrection differently. And I'm not going to wade into a discussion about which of those theories is correct on this podcast for two reasons. The first is that I don't have the biblical expertise to lead a discussion about that. The second reason uh, I think is just as valid is that these scriptures, these viewpoints have become a lightning rod where we say, what camp are you in? Well, what camp are you in? And I'm on this team and you're, you're the enemy because you believe that. And I believe this. And I think sometimes Christians have just stopped right here and camped out and made this a battleground and then forget the other 99% of revelation that we, we can pick up. Uh, and it's waiting right there for us. So so I'm not going to go into all that, but I do know, I do know this, that uh, those who have an enduring relationship with Christ may die once, but they'll live for eternity with Christ from that point forward. And, and that is a blessing. I mean, a huge blessing. So I hope that is a thing rather than getting in the weeds about all the thousand year parts. The main point is that Christians are only going to die once and never again. And we'll live for eternal life with Jesus in heaven. All right. Number six, did I mention blessing one revelation 22, six through seven says, and he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. And here it is. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. So it sounds very similar to the the first blessing in chapter one, verse three. And I think when God repeats something, it's, it's a really good idea to pay attention to it. It's almost, it almost seems like it's to me, like it's highlighting. And when you're right, reading a book and you write, take out a highlighter and go over a line, kind of think that's what he's doing. And he's saying, Keep the words of the prophecy of this book. All right, last one, number seven. Be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Revelation 22, verses 14. Verse 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. May have the right to the tree of life. What does that mean? Well, if you go back to Genesis chapter 3, verses 23 through 24, after the fall, after Adam and Eve uh, took the fruit that they were not supposed to take, it says, So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing for, back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So Adam and Eve lost the, and all mankind lost access to the tree of life seen in the garden. And now we're coming full circle and we're going to get, at, we have the right to the tree of life. Similarly, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, Purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. 
So the, the reason we have access to it is the blood of Christ. In Revelation chapter 7, verses 13 through 17, it says, Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now, normally you would think that blood would stain a white garment, but this, they, this is how you get the robe white is by dipping it in the blood of Jesus. It's a cleansing agent. It's the best cleansing agent there is. Chapter 15, or verse 15 says, Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So in summary, read the word of God and obey it. Try reading it out loud and see if that changes things for you gives or gives you a more intimate communion with God. Endure any and all hardships, even to the point of death. Stay vigilant at all times in your walk with Christ. There is an eternal, incredible reward for those who patiently endure suffering in the name of Jesus. Christians may die once, but will receive everlasting life. And Jesus' blood cleanses us so that we can have an intimate relationship with God that he planned from the very beginning when he created the world. And we come back, like I said a minute ago, we come back full circle. You got bookends of the Bible. You got the, the very first part of Genesis. You got the Garden of Eden. At the very end of Revelation, last book in the Bible, you got coming back to the Garden coming back to the tree of life, and now you have full access to it because of the blood of the Lamb. Next podcast, we will be discussing what the time is near is about, and I hope you come back and join me then. Till then, have a great day, and know that God loves you.